Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of the Voice of the Shepherd and Faith Moments with a Saint Moment on Mater Dei Radio. With me today is Father James Kubicki. Father James has been joining us throughout the month of March to reflect on some of the saints that we recognize in, in March. But this time we're going to focus a little bit more on an event, an event, a special event in the life of Christ and the life of the Blessed Mother. Welcome back, Father James. Thanks for spending some time with us today. You're welcome, Dina Marie. Especially happy to be talking about the Annunciation. You could say a turning point in human history when Mary said yes to God's will and Jesus, the Son of God, began to take flesh within her womb. And so it's it's just a wonderful reminder, even in the season of Lent, that uh, Christmas is nine months away. Uh, we put away the uh, violet vestments, we put on white, and we pray the Gloria because uh, we want to remember this great moment in human history in a special way. It's such a beautiful feast, the feast or the solemnity, actually, of the Annunciation. I think there's so many religious images out there of the angel Gabriel, of our Blessed Mother. I mean, we just see that image in so much artwork, a reminder. It begins our rosary, our glor- our joyful mysteries of the rosary. And I always think that Annunciation is part of Saturday. You know, it should be a fixture on every Saturday for us to reflect on the Annunciation. But maybe give us a little bit more about this, this moment in history, the significance, right? Because this marks the incarnation. Uh, when we talk about the Annunciation, we wouldn't have our faith if we didn't have the Annunciation of the Lord. That's you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, the other way that we remember the Annunciation is with the Angelus, a beautiful prayer in which we pray perhaps three times a day, but especially at noon, we pause and can pray the Angelus, reminding ourselves of that great moment in history. Some years ago, I was on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and we were at the Church of the Annunciation in Nazareth. Tradition has it that is the very spot where Mary was when the angel appeared to her. And I, I couldn't help thinking as as we celebrated Mass in that great basilica of the Annunciation. I was at the altar celebrating Mass, and not too far from where the altar was, there is a, a shrine where the words in Latin, it's, uh, but in English it's translated, here the word became flesh. And uh, it was just a, a great realization to me that there... Mary said yes to God and God's will. Jesus took flesh and began to develop in her womb so that he could live our life, die on the cross, rise from the dead, blaze a trail for us into heaven, but also that he could remain with us in the flesh through the Holy Eucharist. So I couldn't help thinking there the word became flesh and here in a few moments, the bread would become the body of Christ here his flesh would be given to us on the altar so that we could be one with him always. Um, It's a wonderful thought. And Pope uh, St. John Paul II reflected on this in his encyclical on the Eucharist, in which he called Mary the woman of the Eucharist because she gave flesh to Jesus. And now he can take flesh as a result in every celebration of Holy Mass. Mm. 
We're talking about the Feast of the Annunciation of the Lord, March 25th. And if you look at the calendar, March 25th is nine months from December 25th. So, of course, it's that time period of life. And as you talk about that, Father James, being there celebrating Holy Eucharist when the bread and the wine will be transformed into the body and blood, the true presence of Jesus, I think about how important our bodies are are that Jesus did take a human form and was totally divine. When he goes to the temptation in the desert, 40 days, he has his body. He has the same body that we have, but he also has his divinity that there's something so so special that God created us for a relationship. And I think as we go through this time of Lent, to respect our bodies, to respect the divinity that God is giving us, the spirit in which he wants us to relate to him. Oh, that's so well said. You know, one of my favorite authors, uh, Professor Peter Kreeft, uh, said that God loves matter. He created it. He created the material world, including our bodies. And so our destiny is not to be pure spirits, uh, I always cringe when somebody says, oh, now we have an angel in heaven when someone dies. No, we don't become angels. Uh, our belief is that just as Jesus rose from the dead in a glorified state, but was truly a body, so our resurrection in the future will be similar, that we won't be pure spirits, but we will be body and soul reunited in a glorified state, a glorified body. And so you're right. That's why we honor the body and treat it with dignity. And where there, the church was always concerned about how uh, the body of someone who had died would be uh, treated and, and cared for, that we treat it with reverence. We don't think of the body as garbage. And so I, I think it's so important for us to honor and our own bodies, to treat them with respect and dignity, but also this is a challenge I know for many people to never see another human body, another person separate from the body. In other words, that the, the body is not this disembodied uh, object to be used or looked upon with lust, but that we are persons made in the image and likeness of God and our bodies somehow reveal that um, goodness and beauty of God, uh, not to be misused or used for simply pleasure as objects, but to be honored and respected. It's so true. And I think as we think about this Annunciation of the Lord Father in the season of Lent, you know, it's interesting, again, just like the Feast of St. Joseph, the white, the solemnity, the Gloria come out, but there's a reminder of a penitential spirit. So if we're coming into this Lenten season carrying baggage, carrying, we all have wounds. We all have mm -hmm. sins that we, and, and we're going to continue to fall and fall. But this is a time to be reminded that the Lord wants us to be washed clean. He wants us to come to confession. He wants us to be like Mary, you know, the one who would say yes to God. And maybe just that spirit we can take into the confession. Maybe I haven't gone for a while and I'm a little nervous about going back into the confessional. The church makes it really easy to come back into that state of grace. That's that's right. Uh, Jesus gave us this sacrament. And in the early church, the letter of James, he wrote to people saying, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may receive healing. And so the sacrament is really a healing sacrament that 
hopefully, you know, takes away uh, the obstacles to God's love and mercy and opens us up to his grace, the way Mary's heart. She was the sinless Virgin Mary. And so there was no obstacle to God's will in her life. And that's our goal. I always think it's important for us as we approach the sacrament of reconciliation to see it from Jesus' perspective, how happy he is to have that opportunity to help us unload the baggage, to get rid of the sin, to start fresh with the help of his grace. If we look at it that way, instead of simply focusing on our sins, but to look at the great grace that is being given to us and to look at Mary, whom we want to imitate and be like, so often when we focus on the negative, I, I think of it in terms of uh, like gardening. You know, it's one thing to uproot the weeds, but it's important to see the good that is in the garden and, and the, the plants that are growing and to encourage them to grow and fill in those empty spots. And that's where I think for us, we pull up the weeds of sin in the sacrament of reconciliation, but it's important for us to also focus on uh, what we want and focus on the good that is there and ask that the good that is in our souls, in our lives, that may increase and crowd out any possibility of the seeds of sin coming back. Yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. A great invitation to come back, uh, go to mass if you can, boy, on this solemnity. What a beautiful day again on the 25th of March. I hope people have that opportunity to come to let our Blessed Mother uh, take you on this Lenten journey. And I think about one campaign that's been going on in such a beautiful ministry to really recognize the dignity of the unborn is that 40 Days for Life campaign. It's been going worldwide and really a peaceful prayerful way of just inviting people to embrace the culture of life. That's right. And it's, a, you know, so important for us as we, we think about Jesus being conceived as an embryo, a fetus in the womb of Mary, that we remember women who are pregnant, women who are in a, a situation uh, where they may be considering abortion. You know, uh, since 1993, Pope St. John Paul has declared the uh, March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, as the International Day of the Unborn Child. It, excuse me, that in the 1980s. And in 1993, the country of El Salvador was the first country to uh, declare that officially. And so throughout Latin America, other countries have declared that as well. It would be good for us to consider March 25th as a day, especially to ask our Blessed Mother to intercede for all mothers, but especially those who are struggling uh, in their pregnancies. Beautiful. Let's ask our blessed mother to continue to pray for us. And with that, Father James, would you please help us close in prayer? I'm happy to do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Mother Mary, who is now our mother. We ask that through her intercession, you may bless all of us, especially women who are in a pregnancy that is difficult we pray for our culture of death, that it may be converted into a culture of life, a civilization of love. And we ask your blessing upon all of us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father James. Have a blessed day. You too, and a blessed Lent.